0: Today's program was brought to you by Union Beer. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com.
1: Hey, 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 welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. This is a special show at uh, Three's Brewery in Brooklyn. We've got Greg Dorowski. It's your Saison Day, man. Thanks for inviting me. And a uh, big cheers to our sponsor, Union Beer Distributor, supplier of world-class ales and lagers. So I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43, and uh, this is Saison Day. So, Greg, it's our second day, Saison Day. We did it last year with you and Rob Todd from Allagash. Tell us a little about how Saison uh, Day came about. So Saison
2: Day came about, uh, I guess, a few years back when Allagash uh launched their saison into the market. Um, you know, they decided to commemorate the day and celebrate it annually with Saison Day. So, uh, Kristen, uh, our sales manager in the area, approached Threes. Uh, we talked about hosting it here back when we opened up last year. Uh, it Seemed like a no-brainer at the time. It was a great event. We were all here last year, had a great time. Uh, when she approached us again this year, it again was a no-brainer. And, uh, you know, this year we we brewed a special beer uh, with Allagash to, you know, add to the celebration.
1: Right. And let's introduce uh, jo- Joel, Joel Ford, one of the brewers here. How hey, are you, good. man? Good. That was great having you on the show. Yeah, happy to be here at Cezanne Day. And Corey McNutt from Allagash. Yeah. And tell us what you do at Allagash, because you um, have a special role up there. I'm a brewer and cellarman. Um, so anything that, you know, we brew beer... Good stuff. I saw I saw a picture of you a couple years ago just loading loading a keg onto a pallet.
3: Yeah. That's yeah. about the
1: only thing about you. And I might have had a mullet then. I You <laughs> the mullet. Yeah. yeah about, about there might have been a mullet at that point. Yeah. And we got Eric, you, you work for Alligash too? Yeah. I uh, used to be production. Now I work maintenance. I have an awesome maintenance team. Uh, definitely industry leading. That's so, great, man. I'll tell you, coming from in Maine, there's not that much PR and media about you guys compared right. to what happens in New York. So it's it's good to see you personally and meet you. So um, let's talk about saison. This is this is kind of a, a cool style of beer. Uh, who, who wants to tell me what saison is? Because we've had like guys like Phil Markowski on, who, who wrote a book on farmhouse sales.
2: I don't know. I can we don't start talk if about, you want. We don't and do talk then, about saison. You know, everyone often. can add to it because it is saison is a very wide category, and you know, some would argue overused category or overused description. Um, I like to think about it more as an approach to making beer maybe, and more of a a mindset. But to to start out, it's a French-Belgian style beer that they typically brewed in the fall to serve to farm workers, seasonal farm workers, uh, the next year. Kind of served two different functions. One at the time, water was pretty dangerous to drink. Uh, Part of the brewing process is boiling uh, the work so it sanitized the liquid. So it made the water safe to drink. Uh, that was one function. And the second function was uh, brewing beer is, is a great way to preserve grain and uh, carry on the nutrition to people. And to, you know, if, if you have grain and you just let it sit, you run the risk of it rotting, you run the risk of vermin getting into it. But if you brew it into beer, it, uh, it preserves it it's kind of preservative and it also makes it safe to, to drink. Now, um, you know, from there, it's evolved over time. Um, I, I think even in the beers that we've, we've tried today, you can see hints of that, that approach to brewing beer, um, kind of that mindset. You know, they tend to be a little bit lower in alcohol or more moderate in alcohol. Uh, because they were brewing with, with fresh hops around harvest time, you know, they tended to be a little bit hoppy. And uh, I think, you know, the best example we saw today um, was very hoppy. And that, w- that was one of the things that really helped it, it stand out. And, uh, you know, as Americans got a hold of it, uh, alcohol went up, hops went up. And, uh, you know, you kind of see where it is today. Um,
1: Joel, you tell know. us, you're making a lot of uh, saisons here at, at Threes. Yeah. tell me about your saisons and uh, I mean you know, we're, we're philosophy we put out
4: you know a solid dozen in the last year so it's uh it's hard to keep track of I mean we kind of settled on some yeast characteristics that we like um, Then we're using all sorts of other ingredients you know like a whole lot of wheat wheat flour even um, you know different grains different hopping profiles that kind of stuff it's a pretty pretty broad broad stylistic category so you goes. Have, have some a cool names,
1: Wandering Vine, with paradigmatic flexibility. Flexibility, that's
2: a <laughs> mouthful. The one we brewed uh, with, with uh, wheat flour that Joel was talking about, uh, we brewed it with uh, Anson Mills Red Fife Wheat. Uh, you know, $500 worth of wheat flour we put in this beer. And uh, you know that beer is called The Dictator is the People. So flour as in
1: like milled flour.
2: Milled flour. Uh, we got them to, to mill it coarsely for us. Uh, I think if we did it again, we we'd get them to grind it even coarser because uh, we kind of made a substance that looked a little bit like cement. <laughs> but just um, stick it. <laughs> well, we stuck it. <laughs> we uh, the funny thing was <laughs> we it's uh, putting the flour in and it's like oh, this this does not look good it's a yeah. little too fine and uh, we vorloft it and we started running it and it was running it slow. We're like, yeah, we'll we'll let it run, and we looked at the clock, and it was an hour later, and we got like I don't know three barrels in the <laughs> kettle. It's like, all right, well, let we'll we'll re, you know t- turn Re-vor the rakes off. in the plow, yeah. you know, vorl off it, and then you know did it in two hours, which was great, um, yeah. which is typically what we normally do. Um, we were lucky. We were very, very lucky. You know, 120 pounds of wheat flour. Yeah. Uh, you know, over, you know, it was almost 20% of the, uh, the grist.
1: What's the first beer that we're drinking, Greg? So the first
2: beer we're drinking is uh, Eternal Return Chardonnay. It's a, a blonde base beer that uh, we barrel aged with uh, with some different varieties. Uh, for about six months, and then uh, we split the barrels in half and blended in uh, fresh uh, Chardonnay must uh, right from the press. So we were able to get some fresh fresh Chardonnay must and uh, just blended it right into the barrels, kicked off fermentation again, and it has this, this really nice with these sorts of beers I, I really enjoy how there's many different layers to them and how you can kind of go back and forth between you know experiencing it and understanding it. You know, to me I think this this can go and you can experience like it like a, you know, natural Chardonnay. Uh, it has some some very nice Chardonnay characteristics to it. Maybe a little oaky for my taste in Chardonnay, but then if you kind of step back and look at it as a beer, that oak kind of pr- provides a nice counterpoint to link together the beer qualities, the moderate funk, you know, the Chardonnay qualities, and I, I think it- is kind of a unifying element. Of the beer it drinks the well. Beer. It's yeah. very refreshing. It's, hey. it's pretty
1: strong, too.
2: Honestly. My mom would even like
1: this beer. <laughs> 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 so, Corey and Eric, tell us about what, what are you guys doing at Allagash with, with Saison Saison Styles?
3: Uh, You know, we have our our typical Saison, which has, uh, you know, two rows, some rye, uh, some oats, acidulated malt, uh, and then it's heavily hopped with Bravo. Um, It's a pretty good beer. It's super dry. It it finishes well. Uh, And then we also do Century Saison, uh, which is, it's aged in stainless tanks, but we put Brett into it. Uh, uh and it's a it's a nice beer. It's got great color, great aroma, great flavor. Well,
5: we're using house bread on that, right? Yeah. We're fortunate to have a really awesome house bread strain that we found uh, on site um, on accident, you know, over a decade ago. Um I'll make an interlude. Um, so Corey can always speak a lot more to fermentation process than I can be one of her.
1: But, um, yeah tell us about it I mean we've had Interlude you know, I've had most of them but that's a special beer yeah it is yeah and
3: that's really two strains I mean I, I believe it's our house yeast strain and our house brett. Uh aged in stainless for a portion and then aged in red wine barrels as well
1: and then tell us about the collaboration that you guys made because I, I, I was drinking that at the bar first of all we are at threes right now there's a huge part here. To, we're going to introduce some homebrewers in a little bit. Um, this, part of this day is that there's a homebrew competition, but that's what you're hearing right now. We're actually in the, in the brew room, and every time that door opens, you can hear. You everybody.
2: can you can hear the, the people come in.
1: Uh, so we
2: actually we have the the collaboration beer that we did um, here for us to try. So everyone should slug down this uh,
1: eternal return.
5: I wish Chardonnay tasted like
1: this. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, you are What do you tell us? How you got involved with working at Allegash,
5: man? Um, in a nutshell, I always uh, I homebrewed a few times. I moved to South America for a couple years um, uh, when I was like 25, and I wanted to work in a brewery. And as luck had it, I ended up working as an assistant brewer down there at this place called Sot uh, Micro Brewery or uh, Cerveceria, and I became their head brewer and. I loved it so much. I wanted to like, kind of want to move back home. I was dirt poor. I kind of wanted to have like, you know, a car and like money to buy a burger. <laughs> yeah. So I moved back home. we uh, back to Maine, and I applied to a few places. Allagash was like my number one. Like, if I could get it, that'd be my dream job. I applied there in Sebago, and Victory and a couple places, and I got a job at Allagash. Uh, work production sellers, same thing. Same. I, Got hired probably three or four months tops before Corey here, and we were like the same wave in 2012. Uh, and then after a few back surgeries, I switched from production to maintenance. Just to like you know, brewing's hard work. It's trenches. Like you, you wonder why like a six pack or a four pack costs so much. It's because they're in the trenches, <laughs> bending over, grabbing hoses, like working 10-hour shifts. The, you know, your feet are nasty from boots, and I stopped doing that and went to maintenance. So now I work parts and inventory. What kind of boots do you wear now? Now I wear some Keen uh, toe. <laughs> to do a plug for Keen. Keen uh, Utility Boots are Killer. I wear them with some super feet insoles.
1: And
3: then Corey, how would you hey, get started?
5: Then, I got started, I,
3: you know, I was an avid home brewer, just... Um, you know, you know, just kind of fell in love with it, and uh, my buddy from high school was working at Allagash, and uh, I had moved with my girlfriend, and needed a place to work, and always wanted to work in a brewery, and uh, he helped me out getting a job there, and it's been it's been awesome. I mean, it's really, it's been a great it was,
1: opportunity. It's, it's a really
2: special tip. place, you know, Allagash.
1: It's always great to talk to you guys. I got a quote from Rob Todd, because he says the Belgian category, Belgians, uh, they are really open to experimenting, experimental brewing approach, and there is an unlimited palate. Now, do you feel that that's true, and is that something that you guys are really embracing
3: in Allagash? Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, there's just, there's so many possibilities, and I mean, it's endless, there's just a lot of flavors going on, and you know, ingredients and combinations with barrels and you know, it's it's
5: really limitless I feel like. We even, we even did that decoction brew for session bread or real bread. Yeah. I mean like no matter what you do, any different it's so dynamic, like you could have the same beer, uh, take century, yeah, put it in aqua beat barrels and you take that beer and do a decoction brew and put them in natural beef barrels, and you could even do something else with it, you can dry hop it. And it's like, I mean, the Belgian style is
1: totally, it's just no, limited. So tell us about this collaboration beer. This is pretty great, Craig. Yeah, so this,
2: uh, back when we started talking with Kristen about doing uh, Cezanne Day here, we kind of pitched the idea of uh, doing some sort of collaboration beer. Um, you know, we've always been big fans of Allagash. Their brewery's amazing. Uh, I was up there this past summer, and it's just, it's mind-blowing, the stuff that they're doing there and how they continue to innovate and push things forward. Uh, so we pitched the idea of doing a, a collaborative beer with them, and uh, we went back and forth. Uh, they decided that Corey's going to come down here for Cezanne Day, so we went back and forth with the recipe a little bit, uh, decided that we were going to use some uh, some main grains. So we got some unmalted red wheat from main grains and some... Uh, some uh, flaked oats, uh, 100 pounds of each of them, uh, that we put into uh, to the mash, and that's what gives it this really kind of nice, creamy mouthfeel, and a uh, really nice kind of texture, with a little bit of that kind of toasted wheat thing going on. And uh, they were also nice enough to send us down, uh, two liters of their, one liter, uh, or one liter of their uh, house saison culture, which, uh, we felt very lucky to get because it is something that is very unique to their brewery and something that you know is unique to some of the beers that they do that, that you know everyone really knows them for. So we fermented it with our house uh, Cezanne culture, which is a mix of traditional Cezanne yeast and Britannomyces, and we uh, added in their uh, house bread culture. So it uh, has some main grains and some, some typical grains that we use. Our culture, our yeast culture, their yeast culture. And, uh, you know, this, this particular beer, we dry hopped it a little bit. So it gives it that little it's a really a nice bit of freshness. Yeah. Hey, we're going to take a
1: short break. We'll be back in a few minutes it's on Beer Sessions All right.
0: L. Knife and Son acquired Union Beer Distributors, which was originally located on Union Avenue in Brooklyn, but has since expanded to its present location alongside the English Kills Canal in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Union Beer has grown dramatically in the last decade as the primary distributor of Anheuser-Busch products for Kings County, Brooklyn, through the hiring and development of the best people in the industry.
1: Hey, hey you, welcome back to it? Beer Sessions <laughs> Radio on the Heritage <laughs> Radio Network. It's Saison Day at Threes Brewery with Allagash and Threes. And now we got um, the guys behind the homebrew competition, uh, John from Bitter and Esters. How are you, man?
6: Hey, Jimmy, nice to see you, man. This has been great.
2: This has been an amazing event.
1: So we're, we're tasting with the Allagash Threes collaboration. What was your question? My question was what was the dry hops?
2: So, uh, we dry hopped it with uh, with Orbit, which is one of these uh, blended varieties of, of hops. It's uh, all Southern Hemisphere hops. It's, all, it's, a, it's New Zealand experimental n- hops. Okay. Low Alpha. Yeah, Low Alpha, nice and fruity, and uh, Southern Cross as well. And, uh, you know, it was a good opportunity for us to kind of see what these hops do. And uh, the hops in the kettle were, uh, were crystal, uh, which is... A hop that I don't know seems to be gaining a little bit of popularity. Um, we've used it a few times, and it's it's kind
1: of nice. So John, tell us about the homebrew competition. got
6: uh, uh, in touched on this and said, uh, actually, uh, Kristen climbs. So she climbs over at the Brooklyn Boulders, and she uh, my business partner Douglas also climbs. So she was apparently up uh, at the top of one of the boulder things there and yelled down to Douglas do you want to do a homebrew competition on Cezanne Day? (laughs) And he's like, wait till you get down. We'll talk about it. So uh, we were like, yeah, sure. We love Allagash. We love threes. We're totally into it. And um, we wanted to make it really fair. So we let anybody sign up for it. And then we randomly picked 30 people out of the people who signed up for it. And had them bring beers to the store. And then we picked eight uh, wines out of that. Uh, So we wanted to make sure we had the best brewers. And that it was really, really fair. And uh, I don't know if you've ever tasted thirty beers. Uh, it's a lot. Yeah. And uh, but they were all really good. It was it was tough to, to choose. But then we, we chose the uh, eight best. So um, if you taste any beers today in the are take that. So today, it's what happened? Really
1: Corey and Greg were the judges.
6: Yep. Corey and Greg were the judges, and uh, they picked Alex, so, who's uh, one of the uh, best homebrewers that I know. Actually. So Alex, bro- tell us your
1: full name.
5: Uh, Alex Peterman.
1: You, are you part of a homebrew
5: club? Uh, called the Brewmenaries. I'm actually the the, the secretary, so, so I take pr- the notes. Are you note proud of yourself? <laughs> I, I'm proud of myself today.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
5: it's great. But it's cool.
2: Yeah. Well, you should be. The beer was was really great, and I think all the beers we tried were really great. Um, you know, we, Corey was commenting that you know we didn't see any diacetyl yeah, and not, not a uh, lot of
5: not off a lot of all flavors, flavors at all.
2: And, you know, I think it it says a lot. That home homebrewing in general that we've, you know, I remember back in the day judging homebrew contests and at least half of them would be confected with, you know, various off flavors. And uh, today, everything was... It's really changed, you know, hasn't
1: it,
6: the quality home of the homebrews? Big time, yeah. And it's, it's because of a lot of the ingredients that breweries get that homebrewers get. Uh, it never used to be that way, we used to get what was left over, yeah. and now you're seeing homebrewers making some of the freshest, nicest beers, and, and you guys kept, I, when you were talking about, how did you just get into the brewing thing, and you were like, oh, I was a home brewer, I was a home you this more and more, but uh, professional brewers, they start out through the hobby, and they get bit by the bug, is what we call it, Yeah. next thing you know, yeah. they're doing it yeah. for, for a living.
2: Like yeah, we we all started on this side of the table as home growers. Joel was a home grower. And, yeah. yeah. and still am. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I I'd like to think the internet too plays a role. Yes. You know, there's yeah. so much good information out there now uh, that we'll read it down. Yeah. We'll read I, read it, it I, yeah. Five. How to troubleshoot issues, you know, the right mm-hmm. way to do something. And, uh, you know, multiple opinions. Yeah, Yeah, exactly.
1: Cheers to you guys, right? Yeah, Yeah, you know, there's there's some of my favorite brewers in this room right now. (laughs) (laughs) Cheers. Yeah. Let's talk more about Belgian styles and Saison. So you guys as homebrewers, what was your approach? John, when you you put the, the ask out for, you know, homebrew Saison's,
6: well, we didn't have a lot of time, so we were like, if you have a beer ready now, <laughs> yeah. uh, it doesn't matter what the style is, but we're going to judge according to style. So we had to say, if you're going to give us a double IPA, it better be a double IPA. We had, we, we had to do that.
1: Um, so the first thing that... So they, they, was, they submitted just a, a, a good beer that they had made. A good beer they had stuff. made. The first
6: thing that you're going to get are the home that brew a lot. And that's who we wanted, because they have beer. So we were able. To, if you didn't have a beer ready, then you weren't right to this contest. So we got we got all the best brewers signing up, and they all had beers. I was actually only one guy who didn't have a beer. He was like, "No, I don't have any beer." he did. I was like, "Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So how so does this work? I I is, work. I I is, work. Like, well, <laughs> X,
2: you're
6: out. Um, I know that
1: guy. That's <laughs> <laughs> <was> probably me. <laughs> and then
6: yeah, and then. We just got the the, the AFS Brewers, and then coming here, I tried everybody's beers, and then I was really impressed. I was standing next to Alex the whole time, and so I, I was a little biased towards So Alex, what, what was your was approach
1: when uh, like, you, you, you uh, brewed this beer for the competition?
5: So, I mean, I knew I only had, I wanted to bottle conditioning. I was the only guy, I guess, who brought bottles. Um, oh. But I had five weeks. I brewed a beer before, I actually submitted the beer and brewed the beer right away. So I didn't know I was in, um, but I figured, well, whatever, I'll have Saison if, if I don't get into the competition. So I made an American, what I guess is my American pale ale recipe, like a 5% pale ale, scaled a little bit to, towards Saison, and then I fermented it with a combination of Saison yeast that I have, uh, Wallonian farmhouse from the yeast Bay and, uh, a DuPont culture that I've taken from the bottle, um. And then it was Hallertau Blanc and lemon drop hops, whirlpool like a pale ale, or like I would do it for a pale ale. And then Hallertau Blanc. Let's talk
1: the, about saison Dupont. That's probably the right, right.
4: Well, place that, I to didn't, start. I
5: didn't go for that, you know, and like uh, I was a little afraid that I might, you know, if it was judged as a Dupont, I don't think it tasted like that kind of beer. But I love that, I love that beer.
1: When we means. talk about saisons and Belgian style beers, I mean, do you guys go back to a certain classic that, that you say I've tried to emulate or I, I would be inspired by? What about you, Corey? I mean. I mean, Cezanne DuPont's a great one.
3: Uh, I feel like if you get it a little too late, it could be a little too... Uh,
6: too a little too <laughs> skunky, you What's know. What's the green but, bottles it? Yeah. I mean, you yeah. don't know how to do that. <laughs> that's that's, a, that's yeah. a new thing, though. What yeah. <laughs> yeah. the green I bottles just, now?
1: Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, and what about you, Joel Is there a <laughs> Belgian beer that, that inspires you? I mean, like, Cezanne DuPont is kind of the, the gold standard, kind of... The thing you should emulate, you know, when you first try to make saison, like if you can make that, you're doing well. You know, their yeast is incredible. Is, is there
1: an American beer that's similar to a saison du Pont? Are you guys making one in that style? And what is the style? What is saison DuPont? like? How do we define that? Saisons go from like four percent to seven percent.
2: Yeah, saison du Pont, you know, it captures that. You know, it's very, very straightforward. It's it's they say all pills mall. Um, so there's no you know crystal malts in it there's no wheat in it There, it's just Pilsner malt um, with golden hops and that that's that's it and that yeast and the yeast the yeast yeah, is, it is, the yeast
5: is it's supposedly know, a bottle conditioning yeast too yeah it, but I don't know if that's true
2: or not <sighs>
1: it's we were even talking
2: you know because of you know the prevalence of sugar you know adding sugar to beer you know one of our buddies was even suspecting that they may add sugar to it to help dry it out a little bit um you know kind of as a joke but it's very simple straightforward it's what six and a half percent alcohol and uh you know it's 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 all about the yeast really um you know I I think that is an important element of Saison uh it is a very yeast driven flavor profile and uh You know, that was one of the really great things about your beer. Um, The yeast was very, very nice. Um, It was very straightforward and classic. Nice hop around. Yeah. And the other thing that really set it apart was the hops. You know, you were the the first beer we tasted, and we were like, oh, yeah, this is good. And then we went through and kind of tasted tasted them, and then Joel, uh, who didn't taste the first few beers with us, you know, went back and you know pointed out the hops, and we went back to it. And after tasting the other ones, which weren't as hoppy, it was nice to have that kind of fresh, you know, bright, you know, hop character. And the the hops you selected were really, really nice. But it
4: was a it was a good mix of hop character with and yeast, yeast character. character. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't want to neither, overwhelm neither over, with like I
5: did I actually had four ounces of Hallertau Blanc. In my freezer, and I was like, well, maybe I'm just going to use this for this. But I'd never used the hop before, yeah. so I just did it because I don't know. With competitions, I'm just like, whatever. Right now, here,
1: Greg, your event space is packed with yeah. people trying I'm all not, the home. Yeah. 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 this I is do Jared do Paul, do too. He's an <laughs> industry guy. How are you, Jared? Doing well, thanks. Jeremy. Good, man. He's a beer buyer and a GM. And <clears throat> we're going to talk a little more, too. Uh, going back to the judging, and you know, we know about BJCP uh, guidelines and, and people taking classes all the time to become accredited, you know, homebrew judges, how did you guys judge? Like, what ca- what qualities or characteristics were you looking for? What kind of score sheet did you guys use? Well, we used
2: a, B- a BJCP yeah. score sheet. Um, yeah, Kristen, Kristen put together a great packet. Uh, anyone that knows Kristen knows that she's, like, on the ball and you know gets things done she put together a Chris scoring from,
1: from, from, from Allagash, Allagash. Yeah.
2: you know put together a scoring book for us everything was numbered had the score sheets had the descriptors it was when it was, was relatively
6: when you voted you voted in a little farmhouse yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> I,
5: mean, uh, I actually put those together yeah, yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <what I do. laughs>
0: but John so what
1: are the categories I mean you, you know this like the back of your hand what are the what are the what what do you judge when you do BJCP judging? Like what are you looking for? What are well, the categories?
6: You know, with, with BJCP, you're always looking for what they say the beer should be like. So in a situation like this, where it's a saison contest, if you were to judge just according to BJCP, it would be difficult because you're you're going kind of beer against beer. And with saisons, and one thing you it, it, see with the style is that they're People do whatever they want and call it a saison. Yeah. It could be a sour saison, it could be a bread saison, it could be a hobby saison. So that doesn't necessarily meet what BJCP is, which is basically Dupont is the, the, what they say is the word saison.
5: But they they also do put like Phantom and Dupont as classic examples side by side, <laughs> which You're are right. totally
4: different, even better. Yeah. They're not even, they're yeah. not even close. Yeah. But, you know, yeah.
5: So it is weird. Yeah. Okay.
4: But, so
1: then, how, so so you guys, Corey and Greg, so how did you judge these beers? Because you picked Alex as a winner.
3: So, you know, I think we break it down. You know, we do appearance, aroma, flavor, uh, mouthfeel, and then kind of overall what we think of the beer, you know. And uh, at Allagash, we have a great, uh, you know, a great sensory program. Uh, that we taste all the beers that are released, uh, we're trained on a lot of spikes and, you know, off aromas and flavors and, uh, you know, I think for me, you know, at first I smell, I, I look at the beer and then I smell the beer and aroma is huge for me. If I, if I find any off aromas or, you know, I immediately kind of start breaking that, breaking that down, you know. And, uh, you know, we just go through those, and then you you give an overall score. So you start with bad.
6: Like, you're looking for the bad. And if it doesn't have the bad, then you start with bad. I mean,
3: you know, I don't necessarily want to say I'm looking (laughs) for bad, but I'm just looking for aromas and start breaking them down. You know, is it a good aroma? Is it a bad aroma? You know, and then from there, where does it fall into? You know, I I mean, is it a fermentation issue or is it a too much oxygen You know, I mean, it it starts going down from there. I I don't want to say I look out for bad
1: things, but I guess you're looking for
6: craft, looking for well crafted. Yeah,
1: yeah. And then there was what a, a range of colors and alcohol strengths and yeah, everything. So it was all across the board. Yeah, yeah they,
2: they were though, <clears throat> it was interesting, as as broad of a category as Saison is, most of the Saisons that we saw were within a pretty tight range. You know, I think we saw yeah. one that had clear, you know, Brooke's character, Brett Brooke's character, and the rest were a more kind of traditional, some, you know, I think there were two spiced Saisons, but they were all similar color. All similar approach, uh, which is good to see, because sometimes you know, as, as you were saying, you know, people throw a beer to, oh, it's a saison, right? You know, and it's
1: yeah, it's right. So yeah. is, are all saisons farmhouses? Are all farmhouse ales saisons? Who wants to take that? <laughs> <laughs> I have, I have, Alex, Alex, I have, I have no that. idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> the answer is
6: Yes. yes. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Maybe. <laughs> some, some, I some think some farmhouse is a marketing term it's a yeah. marketing term I don't really not a lot of farmhouses in New York so yeah exactly it's a I also think yeah. apartment now it
7: has to contribute to the yeast trend as well I feel that when you see farmhouse saison, it's got like that more almost like barnyard's aroma flavors, like, yeah. it's yeah. got like a real a funk behind it, it's yeah. got some earthy yeah. tones to it, it's not yeah. full of that always citrusy, good. easy flavors, you've got like an undertone of earth that's in it, which isn't necessarily bad, you know, you see it a lot in wine as well, but when you hear Cezanne, you get this feeling of spring, you get this citrus, but big body, warming beer, but it's ripe for the season. It's a full you know, sensing, it's a
5: full full circle kind of like a, a type, you know, it's yeah. it's not necessarily like an aroma or a mouthfeel or the way it looks, if it's cloudy or if it's clear, you know, but like it's hard to say like, people always ask me like, well, what is farmhouse ale? I always want to be like, oh, it's kind of funky, but you don't yeah. want to say funky because so it doesn't necessarily mean it's a wild beast. Right. It's yeah. a very and, hard
7: thing to... To define a and People who don't really understand the word funky as how we're using it think it's a bad word. And it's not.
5: Yeah. It's different from barnyard. Yeah. You know? <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe I like horse I like, I like, like wine better. Yeah. You know, like, it's,
1: maybe we need a category called barnyard saison. You know? <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, we're going to take a short break. We'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right.
0: Today's program was brought to you by the 2016 Food and Enterprise Summit presented by Slow Money NYC. Want to learn how to finance a better food system? Are you ready to showcase your food business or product in front of New York's top players in the food industry? Join like-minded entrepreneurs and investors at the 2016 Food and Enterprise Summit in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Tickets available at foodandenterprise.com. Save twenty percent when you enter special discount code Friends twenty for Heritage Radio Network listeners.
1: Hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio and the Heritage Radio Network. I'm being bossy because we're <laughs> at a special uh, saison day at Threes with Allagash Brewing, and we're all excited because it's our third segment, and we just got the Allagash Astrid, which is what a ten percent saison, kind of pushing the envelopes here. Yeah, it's a little high. Yeah, it's it's so busy here this day here. at Threes. This is the place to be on a Saturday in New York City, and I'll tell you what. Even Greg, the the brewer here, couldn't almost couldn't get us more beer, but he did it. So we're drinking.
6: On saison's traditionally lower alcohol. I mean, weren't they supposed to be refreshing and for the seasonal workers yeah. and oh, all that? So it's that it's seen.
2: useful to push the limits, so you can define the framework, right? <laughs> so th- this pushes the higher end of the, the limit. It keeps it working. After, <laughs> right? As Greg was saying
7: earlier, it's you know meant for the farmers and it. You know, to sterilize the water, so they would just drink this out of the fields okay. all movies, morning while they're farming. Drink. Take their afternoon nap and then go back to work. Right, but they I'm did that. Right. Rock
1: but the there, nap was yeah. part of it. You know, it was a different way of living. We don't live that way anymore, but yeah. we can still drink like that.
6: I wish them. we could have a nap halfway <laughs> through my
1: shift. <laughs> we should start doing that. Corey, this is so really, the really really yeah.
2: siesta so this is Oxford here? Yeah. yeah.
1: So before, I, I was talking about it's some the of the Allagash style. beers that, that I served at Jimmy's number 43, you know. and I just kind of rediscovered the triple. Someone had come in asking for a Duvel, talking about other Belgian styles, which are, it's always good to mention, because don't forget that there are Belgian beers in the world. Someone asked for a Duvel, and she tried the Allagash triple, she's like, that's exactly what I wanted. And it made me th- start thinking about Allagash triple, the Allagash white, some of the classics that you're making. How do you make the Allagash triple? Allegash triple is a...
3: A fairly simple recipe. I mean it's Q-Row, acidulated malt, Uh, that's it really for the grain bill Uh, and then it's house yeast. Uh, You know in the boil we, we do add some domino sugar that just dries it out quite a bit, but the yeast really plays the role I feel like in this beer. I mean we just take a simple grain bill and just add the yeast in and it really shines.
6: Why the acid malt? Just to lower the pH. Yeah,
3: I. Well, to higher. Yeah, lower the pH. Uh, Portland water is really great. We we really don't want to
1: alter it too much, but we need to lower the pH a little bit. So talk about Belgian beers. Like, what's the role of, of sugar or candied sugar in in that style of beer? Because I know in all the, the Trappist triples and things, they added candied sugar. I never quite understood that.
3: Uh, you know, it, it, it depends on the beer style. I mean, we we add candy sugar to some, like rock candy. We add, uh, you know, Belgian candy syrup to different beers. And we also just add regular sugar to the triple, you know. And it plays a, a different role with drying it out and mouthfeel and finish. It ferments really well. I mean,
5: it's insane. It brings up the... Uh... ABV pretty quickly um, helps create the style, but it also, you know, doing a certain amount of, of white sugar definitely plays a part in fermentation, the, the, the overall profile in that beer. Um, John, we hear
1: so much about hops and grains as the, the building blocks of beer. You know, and are a lot of home brewers working with candy sugars and other sugars? Well, they will with the Belgian style.
6: And they actually do this with the double and triple IPAs. The whole idea is that if you add more malt to increase your, your alcohol content, you're also increasing your non fermentables. So, because malt is not 100% fermentable, so you'll have more mouth and more body, which is fine for certain beer styles. But when you're talking about a triple or something like that, they will. They will add sugar for that reason. Because it's 100% fermentable or close to 100% fermentable. So your raw for original gravity, the amount of sugar before fermentation, will be higher, but your final gravity will still be the same. Uh, so that the beer, they, we always say drier, but it actually just means it is and it left over residual uh, proteins and sugars. And that's why, and, that, and that's why they do it with like pliny the elder or something like that. So the beer is dry, uh, but still very high alcohol because alcohol is sweet. A lot of people don't actually realize that ethanol is actually sweetness that particular be with the hops. We talk about it kind of doubles and triple IPAs. Beer is a major thing. That's <laughs> a question I always wanted to
1: ask. If candy sugars never come up in 300 episodes of the show. And they usually use
6: beet sugar. They're, 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 yeah. They're yeah. Belgian beet sugar
1: straight but, uh, yeah. but I, I, I think it, it gets back to the, the Belgian styles. I'm really that's one reason I'm so excited about the saison day. I feel like that people haven't really been talking enough about Belgian beers and, and the original beers, and you know we talk about saison de Pont, and what about Orval? Because I think an Orval day is coming up soon. <laughs> but what, what, does anyone know that there's there's some beers that are derivatives of Orval, like Orval is our inspiration. You, you guys know any beers? Orval is real Brett, It's a real Brett beer. right? Uh, yeah, well so I think it's, it's, another,
6: another, it's, it's another one of those standard. classic
2: Belgian style beers. Uh, you know, primary fermentation is clean. Uh, and then they bottle condition it with Brett Brooks, and it, it showcases that, that beautiful Brett Brooks character um, that we actually saw in one of the homebrew Saisons yeah. today. And uh, I know for me, Orval was one of those beers that really kind of turned me on to good beer in general. And it, it was kind of an eye-opening experience the first time you try a beer like that. It's like, God, what is this? Maybe out in the corner they yeah. used to at Littlefield
5: they would sell it for eight bucks a bottle. Yeah. And I was, I remember before I even knew anything about craft beer, I would buy it that at like shows. Yeah. Maybe just like drinking a four ball out of the bottle. It was <laughs> yeah. Kind of messed up. Yeah. like it See was amazing. PR it. But also fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. Any brewery it that's huge. that old making that one beer, Yeah. like they're just defining their craft on one beer and perfecting it, like that's something to cherish, I think. That's a good yeah. A great beer. You see that on tap. So we're Belgian.
1: Days. And let's talk about, so this is the Allegash Astrid. So this is like, it's a real like Belgian profile. It's stronger. It's like 10%. Right?
3: Yeah, it's aged in uh, aqua V barrels, which is like a, a Scandinavian liquor. Uh, oftentimes, it, I, w- I want to say caraway and, you know, anise aromas and flavors. Uh, spicy. Spicy, yeah. It's an it's an interesting beer. The first time I, uh, sometimes we'll sulfur barrels to, uh, kind of, you know, keep the growth from happening We you use sulfur and, uh...
5: Just kind of sterilize
3: them. Yeah, and it, I was told to sulfur the barrels, put the sulfur <laughs> in, and immediately it was What's just like, <laughs> just shot out. I mean, it's...
6: The alcohol man. yeah it's pretty high alcohol so uh, <laughs> it's,
3: it's it's a great beer though I mean you you know the aromas are really nice you know you can smell that sort of caraway uh, you know you know, characters to it. Way yeah, to too breakable. Yeah yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, this, this is, this is <laughs> super dangerous. Get you in trouble. <laughs> it's the most
5: obsessional temperature yeah. that I've ever had. Quick <laughs> tip if you're <laughs> ever starting to sulfur a barrel and yeah. you've never done it before, if you're rinsing out with hot water first. Make sure you run cool after, Yeah. because the uh, steam the, uh, vaporizes. The va- the yeah, you will, you, will, you, will, you will put in <laughs> a hot sulfur disc and <laughs> think, yeah, I'm going to sulfur this barrel in. Yeah. The steam totally dampens it and you're done. <laughs> that was my. Yeah. You know, so, talking really. about this
1: style, like a, a stronger, easy drinking Belgian style of beer, and, and back in the day for me, it wasn't IPAs that turned me on craft beer. It was actually Belgian triples and, and around 9, 10% Belgians that were easy drinking and, and gave me a buzz. And, and honestly, you know, we, we do want a buzz from, from our drinking. And we talk about, you know, who's going to convert to craft beer from other beers. I, I think that th- these are the kind of styles that, that a lot of people want. And, and I, I think I can see more. I'm trying to push more towards more Belgian styles since since I'm getting a lot of customers saying they don't they don't want to brew this too hot. Yeah. So I do you guys feel about beers you have coming down the pipeline, uh, Greg or anything?
6: Well,
2: you know, hops is just one of the one of the ingredients in beer. Uh, you know, this beer here has hops in it, right? But it's not dominant to the flavor profile and. For me, this is far more interesting than double IPA, if only because we can sit here and talk about it and dissect the different layers of it. You know, there's a really good story behind it, Corey. Why the (laughs) name Astrid?
3: You know, honestly, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe Chris Christen named
2: it or something. No, this is just, it's such a great beer, and uh, I'd agree with you. I think this is. People talk about bridge beers, and uh, typically, you know, when you look at Allegash's portfolio, let's say, they would talk about uh, Allegash White being that bridge beer, the beer to get people who are not into beer into beer. I, I think you could make the argument that this may be a better bridge beer, and so it's definitely bigger but it, it does share similarities with the cocktail world. It does share similarities with the wine world. But There's um, not a
4: lot of this either. And there's right. not
2: a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> and as we know, rare is a flavor. Rares yes. so, <laughs> you know, in general, I think, like
5: uh, you know, a lot of people who don't like beer, like sour beers. You know, you always have that friend who's like, oh, I'm not big on beer, and you give them a sour. Yeah. Contradictory. How do you say that? <laughs> On the flip side. You guys. Right.
1: <laughs>
5: yeah, yeah. For people that don't like beer and you get them in with the, with the sour. Um, that's right. Eric,
1: what's your last name? I didn't get your last name. Meter. <laughs> Meter. Um, and then J- Jared's "If You've been a beer bar buyer. <laughs> yeah. <and laughs> I don't know what I was going <laughs> to say anyway. But lost <laughs> 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 yeah. And yeah. you asked for <laughs> But, J- J- Jerry, what, what as a beer buyer and, and working in some, you know, finest outages in New York City, uh, did you see an interest in these type of beers?
7: I do. And, you know, working in restaurants that offer, you know, American craft beer, you have a lot of, a, you have an older generation that fell in love with Belgian beer because that's all they knew as good beer. Because it was either Belgian beer or... Bud Light and Coors Light. That would be me. Yeah. And this, as Craig was saying, it's a great bridge beer. And people were looking for good, craft, Belgian style beers. And it's one of the reasons why I fell in love with Algash so many years ago. And, you know, back to what you were saying about hoppy is that a lot of people these days just misinterpret what hoppy means. And there's some beers that are completely unbalanced and are not received well by the clientele. But if you create a well-balanced beer, then it's well received. All beers should be well balanced. Absolutely. Unfortunately, it's not, and that's where you know it hurts. It breaks my heart when I I have people coming in every single day trying to sell me something, and I try it, and right off the bat, like I have to break their heart and be like guys, what are you trying to do here? And when I find a balanced beer, I'm like, send it to me, please. Give me three kegs of it, or whatever, you know? And with this Belgian style, you know, especially this Asian acque, you get these licorice, you get these liquor flavors, not licorice, I'm sorry, you get these liquor flavors from the barrel aging, but you do get the presence of beer. It's still beer at its heart. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like the beer that we tasted at the beginning where you had those very similar Chardonnay characteristics. You know, it it blends two components and it really creates a new experience for the guest. And not just for their beverage purposes, but, you know, you can pair it even better with food. Mm-hmm. And, you know, on my side... What,
1: what, what, what would you pair with Is it 10%... Gorgeous style beer. What would you pair with this?
7: Honestly, you can pair it with so many things. But right now, when I'm drinking this, I kind of want to have a like a double cut apricot glazed pork chop. I don't know what. I don't know why. I want to go to Bavo and I want to have have their uh, their uh, pork chop right now with this because it is, although it is such a high alcohol content beer it doesn't drink like it's high alcohol it's scary but it's delicious and just I just like curio you know? yeah, yeah <laughs> curio yeah, as well
2: yeah.
7: like I, I really just want like a really good pork chop with this right yeah, now
2: I think that's a good call I could see this pairing really well with cheese too yeah um, like uh, a Gouda fish. or something mm-hmm. like that you right, get those you nice know. little, like, crystallized things going on. Or, or even, like,
6: yeah. chicken <laughs> wings goes
2: with everything. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that goes with
1: everything. That should be a t-shirt. Yeah. It no go one. Go. Let's take one step back because we're, we're cool. running out of time soon. But Joel and Greg, so we're here in the middle of your cool little brewery here at N3s. We are. What are you guys doing? Uh, like, When's your brew day? Is it Monday? Let's you, tell you, us what, you, you I want Joel to tell me what, what he's doing his
4: next brew day here. What are you doing? Uh, I think... Well, we don't have like a set schedule on that. Uh, more often than not, we brew on Fridays just because it works out like that. Uh, Mondays and Tuesdays are usually transferring beer around, getting ready for distribution for the week. So mid mid to late week, we do most of our brewing. So
1: like, so what Monday is what are you gonna do? Are you gonna take beer out of tanks and put them in kegs, or what? Yeah, just talk are through what you do.
4: We're gonna fill kegs. We're gonna transfer beer around. We're gonna scramble to get whatever we need to done to get done done. Um, there's no real set schedule. It's just we have this beer here; it needs to go here. This beer here; we need to fill this tank. You know, we just do what we have to do it's beautiful to keep up. Well, I will tell you, I'm,
1: I'm really impressed with you guys because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm one of your retail outlets at Jimmy's Number Forty Three. We're on a program now where, you know, we're getting two kegs a week. But you're one of the rare breweries that's actually already sold out weeks in advance. So when, when I get your sales list, I'm like ordering out about three weeks out, and no one else is doing that.
2: I think some of that is, you know, we brewed almost 1,200 barrels last year, uh, but 80% of that was through the bar. Um, so you could think of us as a, you know, one of the larger local breweries, or also as maybe one of the smaller local breweries, because we're really not putting that much beer out into the market, and we're, you know, as you said, we're sold out two, three weeks in advance, we're very selective about where we put our beer and uh, you know it's it's a function of the capacity that we have. You know, we're sitting here in an eight hundred square foot spot, you know, these guys are you know six inches away from fermenters, you know, there's caustic right over there, there's not much room and small clouds like next to a nice feeling to it, you know, using the space and uh but you know, it, it's one of the, uh, the challenges of brewing in Brooklyn. Um, we, we don't have a lot of space. Uh, and, you know, we've been lucky enough that people seem to be digging into beers that we're brewing. And uh, as Joel was saying, every day is a scramble. I right. would say
6: uh, New York City has got some of the best beers coming out now because of that. What are you saying? Because we have less... Space. The breweries, all the breweries, are making really, cake really cake. good. Yeah, uh, you guys. I just want to give a shout out to New York City. Yeah. That's no, no not, I, 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 I so would it.
2: agree with you. You know, um, because everyone is really confined with the space that they have. You know, every drop of beer that you brew and you package really needs to count because uh, you know. We could be brewing
1: more, we just
2: don't have the space.
1: No, you guys are rock stars. Listen, one more time, let's go around the room, start with Greg, just say your name and, and your job, and we'll wrap up the show. I'm uh, Greg Dorowski, head brewer, partner in Threes Brewing.
4: I'm Corey McNutt, I'm a brewer at Allagash, uh, Joel Joe Ford, assistant brewer at Threes Brewing.
2: Alex Biederman,
5: I'm a paralegal. <laughs> <laughs>
6: Anyone stays <laughs> I'm John LaPolo, owner of Bitarness's Shop and Prospect Tides. My name is Eric Meter, I'm Allagash
7: Maintenance. Jared Matt. Jared Paul, I'm a general manager in the New York City industry... food industry.
1: Right. and I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 42. This is a great show. Thanks to our producers and engineers, and uh, check us out every live every Tuesday on Heritage Air Network. All right, guys. Thank cheers everybody.
0: Cheers. Thanks for listening to this program on heritage radio network.org You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization.